your YouTube feed is crap. Stop wasting your time watching bot-boosted shills and self-appointed gurus cloying for your attention. Instead, join the Goslings interview, live stream, and podcast. The Goslings, a dark-lit digital speakeasy of free thinkers. A super chat of radical truth-seeking wizards who eat trolls for second breakfast. Topics that'll make your mama's hair stand on end. Ideas that'll make your pastor's knees knock. Guests that will illuminate the hidden chambers of your mind. And interviews that strike down the darkness. Welcome to The Goslings. Jesse Zabotter, you are here for round two, and we are now in the public portion. We just had an awesome, what, probably 45-minute Patreon exclusive. Um, but uh, you sent me an amazing article about train derailments, and I would love to get you to talk about that. Yeah, so um, the article is from uh, the journalist uh, who has the sole uh, permission to put out my affidavits and a lot of the other um, legal things. I guess we'll loop it into the legal um, you know, aspect or things that deal with uh, my case, my affidavits. Um, so he has the right to put those out and publish those. And that's Timothy Charles Holmeseth, and you can find his stuff on timothycharlesholmesuth.com. And so this one uh, he titled Blood Beneath the Tracks, the Mysterious uh, Train Derailments Are Map to Underground Torture Chambers. And uh, he has pictures there of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Uh, he has one of the pieces of my evidence, uh, which includes a picture um, of a building that has like a like a cement wall with uh, all these children's handprints embedded in it, and then he has my picture there as well. And it says the mysterious train derailments are occurring in areas of the United States where human trafficking corridors, as well as facilities used for military science experiments on children, are being exposed by eyewitnesses and whistleblowers. And yes, it all leads to lowercase gods that demand the sacrifice of children. And he's talking about uh, Moloch and uh, Baal, um, who are the fallen angels that scripture tells us all the way back, you know, in Genesis, that they would demand sacrifice and blood. And um, he shows again the picture um, of the facility that I have up, and it says, uh, U.S. court exhibit and U.S. Army evidence escrowed by former Judge Randy Lynn Erickson for Jesse Marisa Boder. And it's under the, so then it says, under the training centers and in the tunnel systems, there are walls which the system calls ritual walls to Moloch and Baal. These walls contain the handprints of over 200 years of individuals who are involved in the system. When a child is born into the system, turns age five, they participate in a ritual where they dip their hand in blood and put their handprint on the wall. There is preparation that goes into this ritual before the ritual time. Those preparing the children called teachers will take the children into the tunnel system or places where children's handprints are displayed like art um, in small groups and they will have the children practice putting their hands on the wall 
in a way to, that ensures the full handprint is captured. And then he writes, on May 28, 2023, WMTV Madison, Wisconsin reported several train cars overturned in Baraboo, Wisconsin, near the Devil's Lake State Park Sunday evening, according to the Baraboo Police Department. Then he writes, on October 21, 2021, Jesse Marie Zaboder signed a 27-page affidavit uh, he contain or has the link there. Um, it's called Jesse regarding the Cathedral of St. Peter in Rockford, Illinois, for the United States District Court, as well as the United States Army, that provided in-depth details and the very names of people and world leaders who were operating the largest human harvesting and torture operations in the history of mankind. Uh, Zaboder was recently interviewed by the FBI and Zaboder's affidavit spoke specifically about Baraboo, Wisconsin. And I'll stop there, but you can uh, go to his site and he does have the full affidavit available to read there. Wow. So the train derailments are happening mm. over these locations. Is that correct? Where there, uh, where there are underground um, facilities or torture <laughs> chambers, uh, places work children are being moved through now is this happening because uh, is it like the good guys causing the derailment so they can call in the appropriate agencies quarantine off the area send in the you know send in the marines so to the speak sof guys to infiltrate and or is it a cover-up are they in are the bad guys intentionally That's derailing the question. these trains? yeah i uh, i believe i believe that um you know if it is the bad guys they're leaving a map as to where they're where all the important places are. Mm. If it is the good guys, um, then they're displaying for the world that, you know, where things have been happening and going on. How many of these um, effectively, these are the same thing as the dumbs that people are talking about, right? The deep underground military bases. Some, um, okay. some are connected to dumbs, but you do have, some of the training facilities for the system that, right. um, you know, are not directly or distinctly connected to the dumps. How many of these do you think there are in the continental U.S.? I I would say that there are hundreds. Um, wow. The major ones that I turned in, there were six of them. Really? Um, can you give the locations of where they are? Yeah, um, for some of them, one was in Chicago, Illinois. That was my main training center. And there is a, um, that military base was undefined, meaning that it's not going to show up as a military base. Uh, that is an underground submarine one um, that, you know, when they took over that one, uh, people can go back and look, you know, back to, I think it was in the fall of 21, where all of a sudden Chicago had all these manholes covers that were shooting up and they had water coming through the manhole covers. Hmm. Uh, that was because um, after the military went through there, uh, because that was a submarine base one, um, they flooded that. And that's why the water was coming out of the manholes. Um, and that, that particular one was also the one that Cleopatra, uh, when she came to the United States before it was the United States. Um, that was 
the area where she set up um, for the four major Egyptian gods um, in the caverns there uh, for their ritual area. So really? uh, that's a big one. Um, then you have uh, Palisades, California. You have one along the coast there. Um, you have one that is off the base of kind of Michigan area, upper, um, you know, going through this lakes there. Um, that one's off of Lake Huron. Okay. And then, um, you know, several others. You have Florida. Um, you also have um, down in the Texas area. There's stuff there. But that one I did not uh, name as one of the six. But yeah. um, do you think that a lot of where are they getting the children? Uh, do you think it's from children being trafficked from over the border mainly or? Are they a small percentage or like where are they? I would, I would say victims? that is actually a small percentage. Um, we have to remember that the this system has been operating for generations. And one of the things that I turned in in conjunction with those bases was that at those bases, the system had breeder programs that mm -hmm. go back even farther than World War II, where you had the Nazis coming in. But you know, the ones that I witnessed, particularly that Chicago one, uh, the breeder program was indeed run by Nazis. And, um, you know, so they, um, twice a year, uh, they will impregnate young girls anywhere from age 10 up to 18. Um, usually they, you know, they, they'll rotate. So if you get pregnant during the spring equinox, then they will deliver a premature baby that they ritually kill during the fall equinox. If you get pregnated during the fall, they will, um, you know, induce that labor in the spring and uh, make sacrifices with that. Um, a lot of the breeder programs are connected to the Catholic uh, boarding schools, especially internationally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a reason that they have them there year long. Um, you know, it's so that nobody knows what's happening to those girls and they can deliver the babies for ritual without anybody even ever realizing that those girls were pregnant. Um, so a lot of it is, um, you know, the breeder programs, some of the deeper breeder programs, um, you know, have up to five generations of, you know, where it was a young girl and then you know, she's had a child who's had a child who's had a child. So five yeah. generations where they've never seen the light. Uh, they've never been in normal oxygen environments. Um, you know, they're in the lower deepest parts of the of the system. And uh, some of those are connected with, um, you know, if we go into conspiracy theories, um, some of those generations um, that are bred underground um, become slaves to the giants that they keep, you know, that they pay and bribe um, to uh, stay underground. So some of those become servants of those giants and, um, you know, care for their needs. Um, you know, and then you've got people that will feed those giants and keep them quiet and <clears throat> underground. Uh, which, again, I always see things through like um, a pop culture, esoteric, like 
telegraphing lens. And I am reminded because uh, I think a lot of that is like that Simpson esque propaganda, you know, uh, the yeah. predictive programming kind of thing. Mm, yeah. And uh, it reminds me uh, what you're talking about, uh, that Joss Whedon movie, Cabin in the Woods, where, mm -hmm. you know, there's this which is a great movie. Like if you don't know anything, but, <laughs> you know, but that whole movie you is know stuff. Like, you're like, this is oddly so surreal and real. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that whole movie, uh, it's. It's about this uh, this secret government facility that works, you know, underground, and they uh, they um, perpetuate this these series of horror tropes, and it seems all fun and games until you realize that it uh, actually is a a ritual, a ritual sacrifice to appease right. like the old gods. Oh wow! You know? yeah. yeah, and it's such That's a bizarre. A little on the nose. Right. But it's so bizarre. Yeah. You're like, man, this seems like it came out of left field. Like, how did he come up with something this cool? And yeah. it's like, well, it didn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I wanted to address a few other things. So the, the breeder programs yeah. is just one avenue or one way that they get children. One of the other largest ways that they are getting children is through CPS. And, yeah. um, you know, with that, um, you know, they are literally stealing children right from their parents um, you know, in that they, you know, with the hierarchy children, you don't even need them to take you from your parents. Um, the truth is, is that, you know, this brotherhood system is highly involved with the public schools or the different school systems. A lot of my training, you know, I would be marked present in school every day. And yet, you know, I was rarely there. And that was because, you know, they were taking me to military bases or other places for training. So I literally was trafficked straight out of the school. Nobody knew, um, you know, I'd be home at regular time to, you know, be with my family. And, you know, that would be until after dinner time. And then my nighttime training would begin. So, um, you know, a lot of what they've done has been right under our noses. And they have a vast amount of you know, resources and different ways, depending on, you know, what in particular the children are chosen for, um, that makes a difference as to how they're trafficked or where the supply is coming from. Yeah, I've heard that about CPS before, and it's always made me very leery of them. And now we live in an age where politically, if, you know, in certain countries, as Commonwealth countries, especially if you don't, mm -hmm. you know, reinforce your children's, you know, transition Ugh. and cps will come and take them away from you and it's almost like any excuse yeah it seems yeah, yeah. you know yeah homeschool families um, always worried about that yeah uh, cps yeah. showing up at their door doing a welfare check making sure the child is being educated properly mm -hmm. and living in good condition yeah properly because right. the child's not being monitored by the state constantly and mm -hmm. so they're right. like maybe we should send someone out we've heard some things that well, and the rhetoric is that, you know, the state has members of the state have even gone on record as saying, like, your children are not your children. They're products of, you know, their property right. of the state. Mm. It's like, you want to find out? And that's because they, they do that, <laughs> you know, the moment the child's born, they take their yeah. soul prints and, you know, their blood. And those are currencies within that system oh, wow. that you know, the part of the quantum currencies that, you know, the higher level witches and warlocks are buying, selling, trading off your child's soul prints and, um, you know, getting energy and things from that. And, uh, 
What is a sole it, prick? I mean, it can stick. Just a, like it's their the, foot, it, right? The bottom of your foot. Yeah, they take oh, your... Oh, okay. All yeah, right. The sole of your foot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, thought okay. You, I thought you meant yeah. S-O-U-L. I was like, oh, here's a new one I haven't heard of before. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. S-O-L-E. Gotcha. Yeah. You had mentioned you had mentioned Cleopatra. I am a huge fan and student of ancient history. I have never heard any anything uh that deviates from the standard story that she just committed suicide with a couple of snakes in order to avoid capture by the roman army um talk about cleopatra if you don't mind first just whatever you know about. yeah i mean the best part about you know for those high level witches is that they're great at you know deceptions and things like that but yeah they came into um united states area chicago is a mirror of um jerusalem and israel and so there are um there are direct portals there from that chicago area to israel as well as other places around the world um so i don't know you know i don't know the logistics of how she got there my guess is you know they use spiritual gates and uh as you get into that area you know there's um caverns and stuff off the water where you kind of come in and uh you know there's an underground tunnel system there that um has deep water and um like you kind of like come up off the water onto a ledge and right there in that ledge area there's a big open um room in the cavern and right there was where she put the four statues of the egyptian gods in a circle and then um they've got you know three doorways that um go into different places um in that chicago area that you can then go through the tunnel systems there um but that's still there as a tribute at least last time i was there i should say um i don't know if the military has done anything with that when they went down there but there are so many. Um, it's a Nick Cage movie just waiting to be made. <laughs> For real. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just right. so it's something that you would imagine seeing in, in film, but that there are these, you know, Egyptian, there are these statues of these Egyptian gods underground, you know, under a major American city. I, I mean, not for nothing, but well, one like DC is, you know, geomancy. Gary Wayne has talked about right. that before. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. geomancy of DC, which is almost common knowledge at this point. Yeah, yeah, you know, sure, I never thought I'd sure. live to see that day. But dude, I, I mean, I'll tell you a crazy story. You remember when? Uh, so Nick and I went to Lee University um, in Cleveland, Tennessee, uh, just mm-hmm. thirty minutes east of Chattanooga, and um, <laughs> we were. We were in the library and Lee University is like a church of God, private Christian yeah. university, you know, and it's not it's not anything to like really write home about in the you know grand scheme of things. But it's probably the biggest thing next to the Walmart in mm-hmm. Cleveland, for Tennessee, sure, for sure, you know, <clears throat> and um, we were doing the 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 game with Danny mm-hmm. Baker, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, make, yeah, I can't remember if I told you this or not. I think I have. I'm sorry. Uh, and we were we were all hanging out in the library and there was this like wide eyed stoner looking dude who like sort of ambushed our little group. And he just starts talking to us and everybody's weirded out. But I'm like, you know, whatever, I'll talk to this guy like, you know, it's okay. 
whatever. And uh, no joke, Jesse, this guy starts telling us that there is a sphinx head underneath like the campus of the university. And it was one of those moments where it's like, I remember thinking, you know, you know, when you just hear something that just has the ring of truth to it, because it's so mm -hmm. absurdly bizarre. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're just like, where did you I mean, this is in like 2001, maybe 2002. So this is before, like, you know, National Treasure and all the, you know, the all the movies that would make you think that that thing is really yeah, yeah. there. Right. And there's a part of me that thinks like, I mean, maybe. You know, like, I think there's a lot of stuff like that. Was he trying to coax you to coax you to go see it or something? No. But, well, maybe. I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you it's know. so interesting because like for, you know, the system, they like when you bring in the Nazis fast forward time to, yeah. you know, when they're starting doing their programming in the 1960s yeah. and all of that revolved around those spiritual gates and information that they had about those. And, um, you know, so, you know, they had to learn those ancient Egyptian ways. And part of, you know, the whole programming that the military uses, I bring out, um, it's in my retreat, Beautifully Adorned, where I break down how they use those Egyptian gods um, in that base monarch programming and, um, you know, connect it to, um, the four main sounds that they, you know, have every child kind of learn as they're learning to sing or make sounds. It's that Omar, you know, Omar Rasset sounds, uh, but how that's like connected to the body. And um, when you think about that deeper, like, you know, everything universally is also individually. So, you know, the science behind all of that um, gets really intriguing when you look at, you know, it's not just these statues that she set up, but literally, you know, this tribute to these, you know, principalities. Yeah. You know, yeah. she was literally setting up a stronghold for them in the United States territory where, you know, their names were not common. Uh, nobody's going to be rebuking or casting them out. Then yeah. they make their, you know, their names connected to sounds that, you know, it's like, oh, but this is a part of higher enlightenment, right? Nobody knows <laughs> that they're calling on a principality's name and making these covenants and eventually blood packs with these principalities, you know? Yeah. And so it was a way of hiding all of that stuff, um, you know, and that became their base of the programming then that, you know, they begin to institute during that you know, the sixties on through the eighties in the military there. So that makes perfect sense. Um, because, you know, in the Bible, you know, in the old Testament, Moses, you know, has the duel with the Magi, mm -hmm. you know, right. And you really get the sense that there is some sort of real dark, powerful, spiritual stronghold in Egypt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and right. and then when you think about how, you know, especially when you hear Gary Wayne talk, how Egypt ties to Atlantis, you know, Atlantis yep, and then exactly. Atlantis ties to the Nephilim and the Nephilim to, you know, the flood and the watchers. And yep. um, and then you, you know, and then you understand Francis Bacon's new Atlantis and how that sort of inspired the 
Masonic underpinnings of, you know, America. And it just it all sorts of it paints a picture after a while. Yeah. Once you put enough points on the graph, that's pretty hard to ignore. Yeah. You know, and there's uh, a lot right. there. There's a lot yeah. there. Yeah. I have a question about kind of I'm not asking you to predict the future. <laughs> All right. But we are, can. But we are going I'm glad, into. I'm glad. <laughs> but you I'll can take a stab at it if you want. Uh, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, a little speculation, a little conjecture. Uh, we're going into primaries, mm. primary season politically, uh, and then of course the general election next year. Uh, Big Daddy T, mm -hmm. of course, Big is the main hat in the ring. But um, in light of all this, and the forces at play, kind of behind the curtain what do you do you foresee anything significant happening during like primaries Is, are there any i mean definitely i think we're gonna i think we're gonna get some very interesting things that happen um the first conjecture i gotta put out there um was something that i experienced and so we'll just speculate if if the phone call was real, um, then I was sitting across the table from the man who said to Big Daddy T, you know, this was September 2022. No, let me think, 21. Um, okay, sir, great. We'll see you back in the office on Monday. And the office not being White House, but being the White House in Philadelphia. Um, so I would propose that, you know, that there has been no lapse in service time for Big Daddy T, that indeed he is still our acting, you know, president. Mm -hmm. Now with the other guy, um, you know, I would again make a proposal that I think we're looking at an actor. And it's sad that we have allowed an actor <laughs> to, yeah. to, do such a horrible job and uh you know be leading our country and and leading it down the tube to destruction um you know i definitely don't feel that anybody who's on that team um with him is going to you know succeed into the next part of this race i think you know we're seeing things shifted position moved we even saw you know uh, the state position that would have been next in line uh, for the presidential position that has changed hands now to somebody that is, you know, more controlled uh, by the good guys. Um, so, you know, we're seeing a lot of people moved and shifted. And, you know, I can boldly say I really feel like anybody in that left hand part of that path. Um, that they just have no more authority. And we're watching as the right-hand path, which is, you know, the rhino side, um, we're watching everything with that crumble as their form of godliness is just completely uprooted and people are seeing that really they are just as bad as the left-hand path. So um, I think, you know, we're gonna be surprised. Um, I don't think it's gonna quite get to that part with election as we think. Um, I fully believe that the good military is in control. And I think what we're gonna see next, you know, we've been seeing uh, the dismantling of our governing 
bodies as we know it. You know, um, what's left in that? You know, we've already seen pretty much the House come down. We've seen, you know, uh, the legislative branches coming down. Um, you know, right now we have the congressional and we have the judicial system left. And I think we're going to very quickly see that judicial system fall. And, you know, I think that's going to go all the way up to the Supreme uh, Court level. And when that happens, you know, what do we have next? We have the Congress. Um, but things even with that are moving into place. And I think we're going to see, um, you know, some big things come out of Congress as they start acting like they're supposed to act, or at least I hope they will. Um, if not, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, will we hold Congress in contempt uh, yeah. for things that they're not doing, you know? Yeah, well, we we should. We should have long ago with, you know, at least three, if not five of the alphabet agencies. Well, I think you all know? of us as individuals hold them in contempt yeah. personally. Yeah. But how how can the people hold Congress in contempt and do anything about that? And do, yeah, that's the tough part. Well, and that's the hard part. Yeah, I mean, I lost. I was really hoping that that something like that would materialize. But after January, you know, um, that seemed like the prime opportunity for forty five to cross the Rubicon. You know, and obviously he didn't. You know, and, and then there's been a, a persecution of those people ever since. Um, it's been an extreme miscarriage of justice. And, you know, for people who are more skeptical, it's it's hard to really argue for hope when you, you know, you see how bad things are getting and how much worse they're getting and just the entropy of morality, the degeneracy that's taking place all around us and then you see crazy things like like that instagram uh video where um where it's biden and he's scratching his neck i don't know if you've ever seen that jesse but yeah yeah no one's neck skin is that loose yeah you know so like when you talk about actors like mm -hmm, yeah i have a couple ideas you know i mean i'm hoping yeah. for the big bang shocker okay so I, yeah. I I have two ideas of who I think it really is. Um, the first one, I think it could be possibly the actor Jim Carrey. Um, oh, really? I think, you know, really? the body build, everything. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, he does such a great job playing, you know, those pieces where you mm -hmm. just have stuff that doesn't make sense. And, you know, we know he's phenomenal at impersonating personalizations, things like that. Mm -hmm. So he's my top guest. But then there's a hidden individual that I think body build, I think timing, I think, you know, with as, as shoddy as the system is, that, you know, like when we think about that presidential position, you know, who would they want to hide from treason or from execution that like is one of their top hidden people in the system that nobody would even think is still alive. Um, yet they need to protect this person because if this person talks, um, you know, it's going to be devastation for almost every American. 
Hmm. Um, I I believe that person possibly could be Osama bin Laden. Oh yeah. Oh boy, wouldn't that be a twist? Yeah. Well, he was a CIA asset. You know? Right. Right. And the system did not kill him. No, it didn't. Uh, you know, he's been hidden in a hosh posh, you know, mansion. And if they didn't, couldn't have him underground because the military is going through underground. Mm-hmm. Where do you hide it? Your asset, you hide him in plain sight. Oh my gosh. I mean, uh, yeah. I remember the creepy and inexplicably creepy feeling when they released the photo of his corpse, you know, and mm-hmm. he, he looked like, uh, he looked like Sargon of a cod. He, I mean, he had the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he had the eye, the puncture in the eye, you know, and, um, <laughs> and you're and like, he, this can't be the guy. I, yeah. And then they gave him a burial at sea, you know, like backwards, really? not even according to, you know, Oh, that's um, right. Specifications according to their faith, he would have had yeah. to have his feet going towards the east. And who was that? That was Brennan. Yeah, wasn't that Brennan who? No, McCain. It was John McCain who yeah. also is Mossad. So purposely, yeah. it was done yeah. disgracefully because he knew, um, knew which way the feet should have been pointing towards Mecca. You know, and mm-hmm. they didn't even point it towards Mecca. And why? Because (laughs) I think there was more. I think it wasn't because he was being disrespectful. I really think it was because it was not a Muslim. It was not Mm -hmm. Osama bin Laden. And they can't send somebody who's not a Muslim towards Mecca. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what the, uh, the Air Force guys used to call John McCain? songbird really they hate air force guys hate john mccain really <laughs> yeah 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 because well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was uh you know he was a senator's son if i remember correctly and they tried to like you know bargain him out and he refused to leave hmm. you know when he was a pow mm-hmm. and yeah it just yeah old old mccain mm. you know the maverick but he's right I mean, he's right about that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad to hear somebody else talk about that because I that always seems so just bizarre, you know, that, right. that whole death of Bin Laden thing. That's, a, just, that's, that's an interesting theory. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very interesting theory. But it is verifiable that he was a uh, he was a CIA asset. And uh, it, it's the yeah. same thing that they, you know, it's the same thing that like Hillary did with uh, um Gaddafi, you know, and probably the same thing they did with um, Hussein. You know, it's like you use these people. The CIA uses these people, props them up, you know, uses them as chess pieces on the board. And then when the piece is no longer useful, you just take it out. Or if they don't want to go yep. to the, the petrol dollar, if they want to go on the gold standard, then right. you take them out. Exactly. I think it's, it's beyond pieces. So in my affidavit, I've I've brought out, you know, that really in the Brotherhood, you have circles uh, which are, you know, witches or warlock coven circles. And, you know, you mm-hmm. make uh, vows with your circle that you will keep your brother's secrets. You will, um, you know, cover up if if they're caught in a crime, like you'll do everything to cover up their secrets. And so what you have happening with some of these individuals is, you know, they've taken those brotherhood vows, but then, you know, 
primarily with Gaddafi, you know, I brought forward that um, I overheard phone calls and stuff, uh, you know, concerning him when I was a child. And he really wanted to save his people, especially the women and the children, and help get them out. Uh, he was born as a high, hierarchy child into the system, didn't really? want to be there. And, um, you know, they they basically, you know, because he uh, was fighting to really get people out um, of the system, you know, eventually they did take him out, uh, his wow. whole circle group, which did include yeah. HRC. She was part yeah. of his circle group. Oh, yeah. We came. We saw. He died. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Mm. That cackle. Right? Jeez. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you should get an award just for being able to be around that woman for more than five seconds, Jesse. Honestly. <laughs> um, I did have my payback. I mean, I could share that story. That would be fun. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah please I mean, do. they would come every, every, well, I won't say every weekend, but multiple weekends when I was starting at age five, um, they would all come for what they considered the book club. And, um, they would have that, you know, at our house and um, my proctor would serve everybody dessert and they had their book to kill a mockingbird. So think of that to kill a mockingbird. And, you know, what were they planning? What were they plotting? What were they talking about? You know, at, at five years old, I understood, you know, that I wasn't stupid by realizing that they never opened the book, you know, and I would ask, you know, what are you reading? What is that about? I would get lots of interesting stories and answers. And on my Twitter, you'll see me, um, you know, I called John Brennan Boo. And there's a reason for that. It's because, um, you know, when he would come, he would stay at a house that was like, you know, just a little bit down the block from ours. And we could not walk past it on the same side of the sidewalk. We would have to, going to school, we'd have to cross the street, pass the house, then go back and, you know, get to the school. And I would wow. say, why do I have to go across the street? Like the guy comes to our house. Like, why do I have to cross the street? And they would just say that he was like Boo Radley. So therefore I just started calling him mm -hmm. Boo. Um, but anyway, you know, to get kind of kicked back towards them, I was mischievous and I switched the salt and the sugar jars and they... <laughs> Whoever made dessert for us that time made strawberry shortcake with salt. Ooh. And uh, the faces were priceless. I will just say Brennan took it, took the blow for everybody because everybody you had to tell the pro my proctor how good it was. And every <laughs> you had to finish the whole dessert. So, you know, they were sitting there, the last piece, and all of them were like, no, no, no. And finally, Brendan stepped up and took the last piece. So he took a took one for the team. Interesting. <laughs> awesome. I want to yes. know what the leverage was. We know he didn't eat it willingly. You know, HRC <laughs> had something on him. <laughs> yeah, she, no kidding. He's just sitting there looking at him like, you're going to eat it. Uh -huh. kill you here and now <laughs> yeah yeah you're, yeah you're gonna eat it or you're gonna be you know hanging from a tree by an extension cord <laughs> with a shotgun blast to your stomach you know yeah you're gonna get clinton okay uh we probably have 30 minutes or so i think 20 yeah. maybe 20 minutes um i know we want to um, patrons questions 
yeah we have a couple patrons questions um let's get to those and then we have uh we have a fun one and then we want to end talking about uh talking about uh your beautifully adorned uh ministry so All right, um great. nick you want to kick off uh patron questions yeah patron question uh from margaret she's she asked um could you ask jesse uh to possibly elaborate on the plans near-death experience type event that the enemy has planned um apparently she heard jesse mention it briefly on another show and she was wondering if we're protected from that as Christians, and is this event their false rapture uh, that they've planned? So there's speculation that has, might have something to do with aliens or UFOs or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, they actually have multiple, you know, end time scenario events that could transpire. Uh, certainly it could be alien invasion. You know, it could be... Um, you know, mass natural disaster, earthquake, flood, um, tsunamis, things like that. Uh, it could be a bioweapon, um, you know, worse than COVID, uh, you know, which would probably contain Ebola of some sort. Um, so they've, they've got many on the docket. But what I was specifically talking about in that is, you know, how the light side of the system uh, they connect that mass or near-death experience with their star seed theories. And, you know, that has to do with the Palladians and, you know, the mm -hmm. galactic things going on. Um, so in that belief, you know, they tell you that if you, you know, are in that near-death experience and a star seed approaches you, uh, that you're just supposed to let it into your body, you know, consider yourself lucky and chosen. But what I was saying wow. in that was don't let it in. You know, no. it's a demonic yeah. spirit. It, you're not chosen or lucky. Um, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're definitely it. not lucky. <laughs> Tell it no. Uh, don't let it do anything to your body. Um, yeah, so that's where I was going wow. with all of that on that okay. show. But <laughs> Man, it'd be great to get you and Vicky Joy Anderson together to talk about that. Oh yeah, yeah. She has uh, she has some awesome stuff to say about uh, UFOs, alien abductions, sleep paralysis, demonic you know entities, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of crossover yeah. on that Venn diagram. Yeah, that's an Very awesome cool. answer. Um, our other patron, uh, tricky, tricky subject, uh, asked, um, and this is this is great. And we talked. This is uh, we talked about this in the exclusive segment. Mm -hmm. So this will probably okay. be a repeat question for you, Jim. Uh, it's uh, considering. The opinion of guests such as Tim Cohen. Uh, would you say that the Antichrist is already here and in play, or do you have a different perspective on this? I I believe and have experience. So my experience is that the Antichrist is here, and um, you know that individual was involved in ritual preparations uh, with me from the time I was five until age ten. Uh, specifically for end time event scenarios. Uh, one of those events taking place in the underground city of Mars or Zion, which also just so happens to be under Area 51. Um, so you have three pyramids under there. And, um, you know, so I would, there's just some, I'll say, ritual stuff that's supposed to happen. Um, all of that stuff has been turned over uh, federally on my end. 
um, as to the locations and the things that are supposed to transpire there. Um, so I would say, yeah, there that individual is already here. Okay. Um, any elaborative uh, identifiers or clues maybe you could give about who that individual is? Yeah, or I, I encourage people. I encourage people to you know think back to Israel uh, whenever you have that question: Who is the Antichrist? It it really goes back to you know when Israel was asking the Lord back in the days of Moses for a king. And, you know, they were not happy um, allowing a prophet or God himself to lead them. And they were begging for a king that would lead them specifically in military conquest. So not just somebody who's going to set up and rule, you know, be more of an administrative type leader. Like they are specifically wanting somebody with that military background and prestige. And um, in that, as we look at that, you know, there's over 250 prophecies that Israel is looking for. Um, you know, they've been watching the, the prophecies, the signs, the wonders throughout the years, trying to figure out who this individual is and predicting the time that they would come. Now, with that said, there have been many um, false Christs that throughout each generation where, um, you know, I would say that since the time of Christ, there has been many false Christs, one at least for each generation. Usually the system has three um, that they have. And so with that, um, you know, we know that Jesus Christ fulfilled all 250 of those prophecies, particularly, you know, ones that he had no control over, such as, you know, it says that, you know, the Lord says, I will call my son out of Egypt. And Mary and Joseph, shortly after the birth of Jesus, had to flee to Egypt um, because Herod was trying to destroy all of the boys that were under age two. Um, it also says that he would be raised in Galilee in you know, the land of Nazareth. And we see that's exactly where he grew up uh, later on. So um, all of those prophecies Jesus fulfilled, yet the Jews rejected him as their messiah um, they did not believe that he was god come in the flesh and they did not receive him as the messiah so you know when we think about that we're not just looking for anybody you know the antichrist is somebody that israel has to accept in that messiah roleship because you know a couple things they are going to declare this individual to be god um, you know their god so that's all very important. So as we look at some of those things, you know, I know Cohen has brought out stuff about, you know, could King Charles be the Antichrist or trying to receive the Antichrist spirit? Um, when we look at Charles, you know, we'll let's just be straightforward about it. There's no way the Sanhedrin are accepting him as, as their Messiah. You know, they're not going to allow him to lead them in any military conquest. Uh, they're not going to declare him as their God or their king. So, you know, if we look at those things, it really helps us to rule out who this individual could be or may not be. Yeah, and that was something I think uh, Tricky had even mentioned in a comment on our Patreon. He had talked about the disparity there. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty common um, 
criticism of that particular theory. Um, yeah. Real quick, before we, uh, I know we got like two other things we want to mention. Uh, I just want to see if I could get like a little bit of elaboration on the city of Mars, Area 51, the three pyramids. It almost sounds like it's a Giza necropolis mirror. Um, any information on that and how somebody might be able to find out more stuff about it? Yeah, there is some stuff. Um, you know, the Pentagon Pedophile Task Force has put up some of my statements on uh, that city. Um, I think I've done a couple shows on Aquarius Rising and, um, you know, where we talk about the underground cities. Um, so in that, you know, the things that I remember with those uh, three pyramids and that site is that, you know, in the kind of you got the pyramids and then you've got this big um, open area that looks like this massive cathedral, all this red clay, red dirt. Um, in there, you have the 13 thrones, uh, which are believed to be Nephilim thrones. And right in the center in the floor, there's a huge, massive stargate that's on the floor. Um, wow. That is one of the ancient ones that has, um, you know, the older writings on it. And it um, operates, all of them operate through song, um, but that one is connected hmm. to the ancients. So a lot of times they won't even refer to it as Nephilim or giants. They'll just say the ancients. And, um, you know, if you're not aware in the system, you know, of the brotherhood teachings or things like that, you know, you would see that equated to aliens um, and alien technology. Um, but in those, in that area, there's also the Nephilim skulls, which have end time prophecies that are embedded on them. And so the ritual I went Whoa. through, uh, yeah. we had to put my blood on one of the skulls and that was to activate it so that when that day comes, you know, which the ritual is not going to happen. I'll just be a spoiler there. Um, <laughs> but if I were to add my blood to that, then the prophecy would come forward for me to read. So, wow. Wow. I think that was maybe in that article that you sent me um that part about the nephilim skulls yes yes yeah. it was yeah. i remember reading that and be like dude that's that is wild i mean and again that's the kind of thing that like you see in a movie and you think wow that's yeah indiana jones the fourth and the crystal the skull uh-huh yeah. mm -hmm. yep that's and... based off of that area a yeah. lot of the imagery you see there looks exactly like that underground ritual area wow that makes perfect sense. I mean, Hollywood, you know, Holly Tree. It's uh, isn't Hollywood uh, mirrored after uh, what is it? The Lake of Athena. Uh, there's some sort of esoteric like witchcraft, Greek uh, mystery cult correlation with Hollywood and some geomancy in ancient Greece. I wish I could remember what it is. I think that if, if I'm wrong, correct hmm. me. Um, yeah, you're yeah, I'm not sure on that, but. You probably course, know you more know, about that than we us. We did not use we didn't use witches wand, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to. Um, let's see. Okay, we definitely want to talk about um, the beautifully adorned stuff. Um, before we do, kind of funny, slightly lighthearted yeah. topic. We just think this is cool. Uh, Nick had mentioned this to me, and I had no idea. We wanted to ask you, uh, what's Roseanne Barr like? 
Oh my gosh, she's great. I love Roseanne. Yeah. Um, really, you know, she surprises me all the time because you think of her so much with just all the comedy, but she is so passionate about her faith and her relationship with God. Um, really? You know, we've gotten into several really like, I mean, like in-depth scholarly type conversations. Um, it'd be, I mean, I would love to see her and Gary Wayne talking, uh, which George Eisman and I with the Reveal Report have talked about getting the two together. Um, That'd be awesome. You know, and having that conversation because she just is so in-depth with stuff and, um, you know, so really neat lady. And I adore her for sure. So <laughs> that's very so, cool. That's so awesome. You know, everybody remembers her, obviously, from her TV show. Yeah. And that's kind of how she's imprinted on the average yeah. person's brain. But then over the past, like, 10 years, she's at least 10 years. She's kind of been more outspoken as a libertarian you know, and mm -hmm. she's kind of taking this cool turn, but I had no idea that there was like a Christian angle to her. Yeah. Oh, now. yeah, definitely. And, you know, That's I mean, cool. yeah, just her, um, we've talked to, you know, the depth of, you know, her Jewish faith, yet her belief in uh, the Lord it is just amazing. And then, um, you know, with that, you know, we've done several shows where she shares her testimony on there. And wow, some interesting cool. tidbits that people can go back, um, you know, like you can go back and watch her shows and catch it. But, you know, she hmm. told me that every Halloween she would give the gospel message. And um, when you go back, you're like, oh, my gosh, like she did. Like, you know, you realize like how she slips stuff in there um, all the time in her shows. Oh, that's and, awesome. Cool. Yeah. How long is she a Messianic Jew or is she a full-blown Christian or what? I would say both, all the above. You'd have to ask her for sure to get a, a right answer on that. But um, I'd love, yeah, to, I'd love the opportunity. She's gonna have a new, yeah. yeah, she's going to have a new <laughs> podcast coming up too um, really? here soon. So I'll check in with her and see if uh, we can make some connections or something. But oh yeah, gosh, she's that'd be a so neat cool. Lady. Heck yeah. Where, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Where can people um, go watch your conversations with her? Uh, we've done several on the Reveal Report with her. Cool. Uh, so I think there's like two of them on there with her. Um, I know I had done one show uh, with her several years ago on her old podcast. I don't know if she still has that up. Um, but those are the primary ones are on the Reveal Report with her. That is so cool. cool. Never in a million years. Yeah. What I thought life is full of awesome surprises. I wouldn't have thought so either. Like, <laughs> I mean, I still remember the day she called me. Like I had somebody, you know, a friend who watches my shows and they had seen her in chat and she was saying, I need to, I need to talk to Jesse. And so they thought, you know, oh, maybe it's somebody posing as her and, you know, they were trying to figure it out. And then they gave her her their number and she actually called and they were like, oh, wow, it is the real Roseanne. So then they called That's me awesome. and they're like, OK, Jesse, like like you just call this number. And then, you know, they're like, oh, wait, no, we'll just give her your number. Is that OK? And I'm like, I don't know who this is. And they're like, no, 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 this is the real deal. And wow. called her. She called That's and awesome. it was like it was like, oh, wow, this is the real deal. 
<laughs> That's so that is awesome. awesome. She's <laughs> such a supporter of survivors, you know, because she's is been she? in this fight, you know, against the system for so yeah. many years. I had no and, idea. Yeah. You know, she is just 100 percent um standing alongside of those that are fighting the system. And, you know, she's fought herself tooth and nail to bring forward the truth about the system, especially with Hollywood and, you know, the different um, areas there. Um, You know, she's a fighter. So I stand with her. That's awesome. That's so cool. We um we talked to Brian Gadawa not too long ago, and he was in the Hollywood system for a long time. And we always, you know, we love to, like, go down the punch list of, like, based conservative christian like hollywood you know survivors basically and <laughs> yeah. just you know braveheart you know yeah, lord and savior braveheart mel gibson <laughs> right? you know, and yeah. um yeah he yeah. won't return my calls though i don't know why no i keep sending him letters what? you know and uh maybe i need a different perfume on them i'm not really sure <laughs> You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh well there's your problem you know? <laughs> right yeah okay step number one i mean you gotta back, start you know. with i am not illuminati but (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know let's let's talk about some things here (laughs) i mean i got the braveheart sword right over there you know come on Um, (laughs) well uh last thing we want to touch on and we're kind of saving the best for last we want you to talk about uh your healing ministry um beautifully adorned Tell us all about that and how people can get involved in that and what they can do for you. Yeah. So uh, that the video for that is going to be released on my website, kingdomlivingwithjesse.com, sometime here in June or July. Um, in the meantime, this next year, the Lord has told me that I'll just be you know, traveling, doing several of these retreats, and they really are so powerful. Um, you know, coming out of that world as a, you know, a survivor, um, there's so much against anybody who has had, you know, especially if it's ritualistic abuse, um, there's so much coming against us in that healing process. But what, what Beautifully Adorned is focused on is really, you know, how the Lord taught me to walk through, um, my own healing journey and, you know, sharing the tools, the techniques, things that come straight out of scripture that the Lord has shown me throughout the years. And really it gets down to the basics of, you know, what I would call or classify as self-deliverance, not meaning you're just going through it yourself, but really it's about your relationship with God and together with the Lord, you're walking through, um, you know, that healing process through your traumas, trials, and challenges. And you don't have to be a survivor to go through it. You don't have to be somebody who's had severe trauma. Maybe you work with people who, um, you know, who are going through things. Maybe you have family members that are going through things. Um, you know, this course is is taught to really get into the nitty gritty. Uh, what it comes down to is that, you know, as we go through things, um, you know, there are offenses that are committed against us, sins that are committed against us, or maybe in fact, we have committed sins in that process. And in that, you know, scripture tells us that if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive us from all unrighteousness. Um, we talk about how the enemy gains his legal rights in our lives to oppress and depress. And so, 
you know, when we're in that state of unrighteousness because of sin, the enemy has every right to come and to, you know, hold on through that oppression and depression. And oftentimes that's what keeps us bound um, and, you know, unable to get the healing that we desire. Or it feels like, you know, we may have confessed, we may have forgiven people, yet things keep cycling back around. You know, why do we keep getting stuck in those cycles? It, it's because the enemy has built a stronghold there. So, you know, we teach how do you break those strongholds? How do you get rid of, you know, the altars, the idols and the spirits that are attached to them? How do you get to that place where really um, you're in that state of righteousness before God? And, you know, I'll just kind of do a spoiler alert, but this was the most powerful part of that event is that um, the Lord kept bringing me back to the passage where he's washing the disciples' feet. And he, you know, Peter says, Lord, don't just wash my feet, wash my whole body. And he says to Peter, you know, if your feet are clean, your whole body is clean. So we do a foot washing at this event. And the Lord told me that the majority of Christians have never heard these words. They've never heard the words, you are clean. And they've never heard, you know, with that, you are forgiven. And to come to that place where you really receive that cleanness, and it's not based on what you've done or what you haven't done. It's really based on what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you. That as you confess and ask that forgiveness, he's faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and really receiving that. So, um, you know, we had so many people. I did a great, uh, my last episode with uh, Casey Kuzik on the Watchman podcast. Um, he was there at that event. We uh, talked about it quite a bit. And I also put up a video short on kingdomlivingwithjesse.com uh, titled Beautifully Adorned, where we talk about the event if you're interested in coming. I encourage people, you know, to watch for those. Um, I'll just say, you know, the course that's going to be online is still going to be powerful, but it's not going to be as impactful as if you really attend an event, because there's something there about experiencing that with a group of other people and learning to, oh, sure. you know, walk through that healing journey with others. So, um, yeah. yeah, there's some great stuff out there. Um, you know, I know I'm going to have a couple events here coming up August and, uh, probably um, October, and then I'll start again in the new year, probably around March, uh, with those events. So, cool. I know that. Um, oh gosh, probably 15 years ago, 18 years ago, I did an encounter training. Uh, you know, sort of a, a boot camp for the Christian life, sort of thing. This like mm -hmm. four or five day yeah, intensive. You know. 12 hour seminar kind of thing, um, group therapy session. And one of the things we did though, that I'll never forget was we washed each other's feet mm -hmm. and like that for anybody who has never done that before, that is one of the most profoundly powerful things you mm. could possibly yeah. do. There's nothing like it. Absolutely nothing. So that yeah. is an awesome move. That's awesome. Um, well for, uh, for men, Jesse, it's what can men do for this? Please tell me that there's some 
task force that I can show I, up. I am going to encourage men <laughs> to show up. We actually had a good really? amount. We had a good amount of men who showed up. One yeah. of the things that we walk through, you know, the Lord has shown me that the strongest stronghold that men are facing right now revolves around sexual altars and the different mm -hmm. sexual sins. So, you know, unashamedly, we address that. We we talk about it all. We name everything that we can possibly think of that people yeah. are struggling with, and we put it up there. And it's like, okay, people, you know, you're not going to get another place where you can openly and unashamedly say, okay, Lord, here's my sin. I'm confessing it. I'm putting it out there. And what is God's heart? You know, his heart is not to put us in a place where, you know, we're going to be shamed and condemned because of our sin. The Lord wants us to have that freedom. He wants to bring restoration in our relationships, or maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's, you know, your relationship with a, a serious relationship with a girlfriend. Um, maybe it's your relationship with your mom where, you know, things have been bad because of the way that you see women or perceive women. And maybe that yep. stems all the way back to your relationship with your mom. So all of those things, the Lord really wants to heal. And, uh, you know, every guy that we had come, you know, they said they were so deeply um, moved by the spirit of God in that experience, you know, that there was work that the Lord was doing things that he was releasing, setting free. Um, you know, so this really is for everybody. Um, I tried to, you know, make it as widely friendly as I could. Um, you know, and it's, it, it will surprise people. It's not, you know, you're not going to go, it's not going to be super girly focused. Um, you know, we've got a lot of women that show up, but I think it's really going to, you know, speak to men. We start off the conference by going into, um, you know, I break down the symbols that the system uses in programming, um, in their military programming that they do for children. Um, I talk about how they make attachments with demonic spirits and those children, how that works, how you begin to identify um, even, you know, because it even happens to you while you're at school, like you may not even know that it's system programming, yet you're mm -hmm. being exposed to it because they're testing you. They're seeing if they want to use you or not in the system. So how do you begin to realize how you've been, you know, trained, programmed, what spiritual authorities did they put you under from the time you were a kid that are mm -hmm. the main principalities that have ruled and had jurisdiction over your life. And in fact, when I break that down, I show how they link um, your natural tendencies to the seven deadly sins. And in that put you under the jurisdiction of certain principalities. And so, you know, all of that stuff, um, you're not going to get anywhere else. We got to get you and Vicki Joy together. You too. <laughs> you two would be a powerhouse is there anything um is there anything that the greater american patriotic citizenry can do about the stuff that you talk about with um, absolutely um i do i do land assignment coaching as well um that goes along with uh what i teach about anointing tearing down strongholds and building up um the true church and body of christ 
So in those land assignments, you know, the first one starts, um, I teach you how to read, uh, break down and understand, you know, through the city symbols um, that you're going to see, you know, on the signs as you go into any city in the United States, and we do uh, cover internationally as well. So wherever you go, you can look at those signs and understand which principality has authority in that area, as well as which brotherhood orders have authority and are operating in that um, area. Uh, we talk about, you know, then how do you begin to use that knowledge that you have of the how the brotherhood is operating in your area to tear down those strongholds of sin that are in your area. Uh, the second land assignment, we focus on the authority that we have and the fullness we have in Christ. And how do we take that information that we've gained and turn that into um, an amazing prayer strategy or intercession strategy where we begin to um, move out offensively um, in spiritual warfare to take back the authority in our communities, in, in our homes and the areas where we're in. Oh, that's awesome. So that one's very interactive, you know, uh, so many you can attend as many as you want. Every one of them is a little different because we always have different people. We look at different areas. Um, so, so much um, information in those uh, two courses. And the best place, again. the best place for people to find that is kingdomlivingwithjesse.com. Is that right? Yep. And look for coaching and uh, that will have the schedule of when the next ones are coming up. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Well, um, we're creeping up on the two hour mark. Thank you so much for your time, Jesse. This has been yeah. awesome. Um, the last thing that, we got so many cool things out of this was such this an amazing great. interview. Um, the last thing that we typically do for our guests these days is, you know, our motto is uh, take up the broken sword of your father and strike down the darkness. So I just wanted to ask you if you had any parting words for our audience uh, for advice on how they might strike down the darkness. Absolutely. Um, I would encourage people to read 2 Samuel 5.20. Uh, in there, it talks about King David going into a specific uh, land uh, that was called Baal Perazim. And in that verse, as David goes into Baal Perazim, he makes a declaration that our God, you know, is God of the breakthrough. And that word parasim literally means place of breakthrough. But what's interesting about that is the Lord kept showing me that those two words together, that literally the place was called Baal Perizim. So who, you know, were the people in that area declaring as their God of the breakthrough? It was Baal. And so in that, the Lord showed me a very um, important strategy of how Baal works, that just as the spirit of God is moving and about to give us breakthrough in different things in our lives at that last minute. That's when ball comes in to strike. And uh, as I was focused on that passage, the Lord took me also to Psalm 78, which in there, it talks about um, a kingdom harvest. And that would be the harvest of cumin and caraway. And as I looked up, how do you harvest cumin and caraway? You know, literally they take the stalks and they begin to strike down and beat them. And the Lord said, you know, do you see that's how you overcome ball 
when he comes to steal your breakthrough, you strike him down and, you know, literally take that stick and just whack him down and, and proclaim, you know, our God, he is Jehovah Perizim, the God of the breakthrough and the breakthrough of many living waters. Hey, if you guys have been enjoying this interview and you'd like to hear the rest of it, including some really down and dirty stuff that we're not allowed to say here on YouTube, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash the goslings. We'd love to have your support there and share exclusive content with you. That's right. Keep it cool. And remember, these are interviews that strike down the dark. They do indeed strike down That's the right. darkness. They strike down all the darkness. That's right. Strike it down hard. So hard. So hard.